you have God's Word with you this morning, if you will turn with me to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse 46. Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse 46. And they came to Jericho as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd. Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move through our midst with great power and bring conviction, Lord, to hearts where conviction's needed. And Father, draw people to you in order to honor and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray this, and I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. The great preacher D.L. Moody one day was walking down the street, and he saw a man leaning up against a lamppost. And he saw that man, and he approached him, and he said, Are you a Christian? And the man got really angry, flew into a rage, and almost hit D.L. Moody. And he said... D.L. Moody said to him, he said, I'm sorry if I've offended you, but I thought it was a proper question. To which the man responded, mind your own business. To which D.L. Moody responded, this is my business. Three months later, about six o'clock in the morning. You ever get somebody knocking on your door at six o'clock in the morning? It's usually not a good thing, is it? But somebody came knocking on his door at 6 a.m. D.L. Moody got up out of bed and went to the door and stood on the other side of the door, didn't open it. And he said, what is it? What do you want? And he said to him, I want to become a Christian. And when he opened the door, it was that man who was leaning against the lamppost three months before. And he looked at D.L. Moody and he says, I've not had a moment's worth of peace since that night. Jesus had just finished telling His disciples how difficult it was for the rich to enter into heaven. There was a rich young ruler that came to Jesus earlier in this chapter. And the rich young ruler was sincere. He said to the Lord, 
the Lord Jesus Christ, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus looked at him and said, get rid of your God and follow the only true God. Now, that's not the way Jesus said it. He said, go and sell everything that you have and come follow me. And the saddest words I think I've ever heard in all the scriptures, it said the young man went away sorrowful for he had many possessions. And Jesus turned to his disciples and said how difficult it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now you have to understand for that day and time, if you were blessed of God, if you were wealthy, you were considered blessed of God, which means you would enter the kingdom of heaven. Kind of like Job that we talked about in Sunday school class this morning. There was this idea that if you had all this stuff that you were truly blessed of God. And so the disciples asked Jesus, and they said this, Who then, if the rich can't be saved, Lord, who then can be saved? Well, I can tell you this morning, any person can be saved when he or she cries out to Jesus. How can you be saved? How can a person be saved? Well, let's just see what happens to this blind man here, and we can figure it out. First of all, you got to admit that you're blind. Bartimaeus knew he was blind. Nobody needed to tell him that. He was able to admit he, could, he was blind and he couldn't fix his problem. He couldn't wish it away. He had tried so many things, I'm sure, to try to get his sight back and it just wasn't going to happen. And, and so he cried out to Jesus. Do you understand today many people are not saved in this world today because they will not admit that they're lost? They won't admit that they've got a problem. They think they're perfect. <laughs> Y'all know there's no perfect people in this world, right? None of us are, no matter how we want to be. A person, in order to be saved, must admit that they've got a problem. And here's the issue. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. None of us measures up. If you want to be saved, you must admit that you are a sinner. But here's the problem. The Bible says the God of this world has blinded the minds of people so that they cannot see the gospel, the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Listen to what Paul says. Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 through 4. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believeth not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. The reason why some people aren't saved today is because they refuse to admit that they're lost. And the God of this world has blinded their mind so that they can't see what a glorious thing it is to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. What a glorious peace and what a glorious joy and what, what God does for a lost sinner. Is such a wonderful thing, and yet people cannot see that. Here's the greatest truth, guys. The greatest crippler of all times is not polio. It's not multiple sclerosis. It's not ALS. It's not Alzheimer's. It's not cancer. It's not blindness. The greatest crippler on this planet is sin. The greatest catastrophe on this planet is it's not an earthquake, it's not a tornado, it's not a hurricane. It's not any other kind of earthly thing that happens. The greatest catastrophe on this planet is when a person chooses to remain in his or her sins 
knowing that they can be forgiven. Guys, here's the truth. All of us are sinners. And the only way to ever get to the point of where you invite Jesus Christ into your life is you must admit that you are a sinner. Think about it for just a minute. Think about Bartimaeus. He's laying by the side of this road. He's begging like most people that were handicapped back then had to do to be able to get just a little bit of money to be able to eat. He's laying by the side of the road and he hears that Jesus of Nazareth is coming down. Now, now he doesn't know who Jesus is. He's probably not ever met him before, but he's heard about him. He's heard about these stories. He's heard about how Jesus has fed people. He's heard about how Jesus has healed people. And he thinks to himself, maybe, just maybe, Jesus can help me. And so he starts crying out to Jesus. He admitted where he was. But you know what? If Bartimaeus would have been silent and he would have stayed right where he was, guess what It would have happened? He would have died in his sins. You see, God, Jesus is not only going to heal him physically, Jesus is going to heal him spiritually. That's what it means when it says that, Bar, that Bartimaeus got up and started following Jesus. That's what it means to be a disciple, to follow after Jesus. It doesn't mean he just got up and walked behind Jesus on the road. That's not what it's talking about. He followed Jesus Christ. Some may think today that if I can just see a miracle, you know, if lightning would just come out of heaven and do something, if God would just appear on a big billboard sign and say, get saved, I'd get saved. Guys, the truth of the gospel is enough to save anyone. God's amazing grace, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's enough. That's sufficient. You can look around and see Christians whose lives have been radically transformed by the grace of God. You know where we most of us would be if we weren't saved right now, if we weren't in this place, we weren't Christians, you know where most of us would be? Think about it for just a minute. Where would you be if you weren't saved? We wouldn't be here, of course. I figure I'd probably be in jail by now. That's where I'd probably be. Guys, you've got to admit that you are a sinner. If you are comfortable in your sin, let me, let me just share this with you. If you're comfortable where you are in your sin, let me just say this. Sin always promises something it can't deliver. It promises you joy and peace in your life. And you may have a moment's worth of pleasure, but have you ever noticed what sin does? It gives you that moment's worth of pleasure, but how do you feel afterwards? Don't you feel lousy? It doesn't deliver what it promises. It promises to give you true happiness, but it only brings you temporary pleasures. It promises to meet your heart's desire, but literally in the end, sin brings about destruction. For every soul that sins must die. The second thing that you must do if you're going to be saved, not only do you have to admit that you're a sinner, you have to understand and admit to yourself, hey, I messed up. I am a sinner. The second thing that you've got to do is you've got to cry out to Jesus. As I preached last week, there's no other name in heaven among, given among men whereby men must be saved. It's only through the name of Jesus Christ. Bartimaeus cried out, Jesus, Son of David. You understand, son of David, this is the first time that term is used in the Gospel of Mark. 
Now Mark is written, Mark writes using Peter's recollections and Peter's sermons. He writes this gospel in order to convince people that Jesus of Nazareth is actually Jesus the Messiah and the Son of God. Go back and read Mark 1, chapter 1. And then you, you can figure that out for yourself. His idea and what he's trying to do is to convince people to decide for themselves if Jesus is who he claimed to be. That's what Mark seeks to do. Bartimaeus, who doesn't know Jesus, he knows Jesus of Nazareth, but he doesn't call him by that term. Notice what he calls him. He calls him the son of David. Jesus, son of David. Jesus, that name means the Lord saves. Son of David was a messianic title, realizing he recognized that Jesus was the long-promised Messiah. And so Bartimaeus is crying out to the top of his lungs, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And people around him are telling him to shut up. Now they're not telling him to shut up just because he's crying out. They're telling him to shut up because he's crying out, Jesus is the Son of David. He is professing with everything within him that Jesus is the Messiah. And they didn't want to hear that. But if you want to be saved, you must cry out to God. You must believe in your heart and you must confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord if you want to be saved. It's not enough just to say, Lord, save me. It's not enough. You must confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus Christ from the dead if you are going to be saved. You've got to admit that you're a sinner. And then you've got to say, Lord, have mercy on me. As we talked about, as Adam read from Psalm 51. We must cry out and ask God to have mercy on our souls. We must cry out to Jesus. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just pray this prayer. Say, Lord... Be merciful to me, a sinner. I am spiritually blind and I need your help, Lord. Come into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. If you'll pray that simple prayer, the Bible says you shall be saved. If you believe in your heart, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, it says you might be saved. It says you shall be saved, right? So if you want to be saved, that's all you have to do. You have to cry out to Jesus. There are people in this world today that realize that they're sinners. They realize they're sinners. But they think they can fix themselves. And you know what? People for eons of time have tried to fix themselves. But you know what? When the wages of sin is death... It's talking about not just physical death, but spiritual death. So if a person doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that person is spiritually dead. Have you known any dead person that's brought themselves back to life other than Jesus Christ? No, none of us have that kind of power, do we? You can't bring yourself from spiritual death to spiritual life. The Bible, Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. That's the work of God's Holy Spirit. And the only way that's going to happen is if you cry out to Jesus, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. 
come into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. Thirdly, the third thing we must do if we want to be saved is we must obey Jesus. We must obey Jesus. When Jesus called for Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus cast away his cloak. Bartimaeus got rid of anything that would hinder his coming to Jesus. How many people do you know today that refuse to come to Jesus because they're better than oh so-and-so that goes to church down there? Or I know what that Christian did last night. You see, people today compare themselves with other people. I dare you to compare yourself to the righteousness of Christ because you will never measure up. Bartimaeus threw off anything and got everything out of the way that would keep him from coming to Jesus. And when he stood before Jesus, Jesus said, What do you want me to do for you? Now guys, this question was not designed to get information. It was a question designed so that Bartimaeus could articulate his faith in Jesus Christ for who he really was. What did Bartimaeus respond? He said, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. I want to see. Now the word rabbi that's used there means my exalted master. In other words, Bartimaeus is submitting himself under the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is obeying God's voice. Jesus, what did Jesus say to him? Go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now, is Jesus talking about his physical sight? Is that what the Bible says when it talks about being well? No, when the Bible talks about being well, it's talking about being in a right relationship with God. He says, your faith hath made you well. And then it says, he immediately recovered his sight and he followed Jesus on the way. Many people hear the call of Jesus, but they get distracted. Or they think, well, I've got to get some things worked out in my own life first. I've got to do this or I've got to do that. My hair's not parted in the right way today. You know, I don't have the right clothes on to go down and see the preacher. I mean, people make every excuse on the planet to keep from coming to Jesus. I'll wait till I've done this or that. Bartimaeus had one chance. He took advantage of his one chance. This may be your one chance to put your faith and trust in Jesus. I was pastoring a church in Missouri right after we came back from the mission field, there was an elderly gentleman that was hanging out with one of the elderly ladies who was a member of our church. They were just really good friends. They were good company for one another. Both of their spouses had passed away, and they were just hanging out with one another. And every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, they were in church. That little old man would go by and pick that little old lady up and bring her to church. And then, after church was over with, they'd get in the car and they'd go home. He'd drop her off and then he'd go to his house. And she would call him about 10 minutes later, about however long it took to get to his house, to make sure he was doing okay, make sure he got in the house okay. Well, this had been going on for months. One Wednesday night, Brother Eddie, he came to church. They sat right there, kind of where BJ and Tammy are sitting right there. 
And they were, they were fun to watch. I used to love to watch them. But they got up after church was over with. They went home. He dropped her off, got back in the car, drove to his house. She called about 10 or 15 minutes later. He didn't answer the phone. She waited another 5 or 10 minutes and she called him back. Finally, she decided she would call the police and ask them if they would go by just to check and make sure and see if he got in the home. Well, sure enough, when they got there, he'd gone to see Jesus. He, he was over with. He went home thinking he was going to get to come to church again that next Sunday. One chance, guys. You know what? This world is in a mess right now. And Jesus Christ could come back any moment. All that needs to be fulfilled has been fulfilled. The only thing we're waiting on is the trumpet to sound. This may be your last chance. This may be the last chance that one of your loved ones has for putting their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Today may be the last day. We don't know. We have no idea. I'm not saying Jesus is coming back today, but He could. Nobody knows when Jesus is coming back. Bartimaeus had one chance. He didn't care what anybody else thought about him. He didn't care what anybody else said about him. All he wanted was for Jesus to have mercy on him. And when Jesus called, he immediately obeyed Jesus' voice. Let me just say this. Don't sit where you are in your spiritual blindness. Jesus has the power to heal your soul. The Bible is clear. In a number of different ways. Listen to what John wrote. This is the testimony that God gave to us eternal life. And this eternal life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Jesus said this in John 5, 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but he has passed from death unto life. And in John 3:36, Jesus said this, "Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not, listen, whoever does not obey the Son. How do you obey the Son? By putting your faith and trust in Jesus. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him." Here's what you need to know today. Every one of you here today is a unique creation of God. You're like God's artwork. You ever done something, maybe a painting or a drawing, or, or maybe you've made some great recipe, or you know, you've had this fantastic creation, and it's so special that you don't want to mess it up. You want to hang it in a place of prominence where everybody can look at it. As I like to say, if, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. God loves you. God wants you to have eternal life. That's why He sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for you. So that your sins could be forgiven. So that you could be saved. What's keeping you from coming to Jesus? If you only knew the wonderful healing that Jesus Christ could provide for you. If you only understood the joy that would absolutely Flood your heart and your mind. And the peace that passes all understanding. I can't even explain to you the kind of peace that God will bring to your life. 
if you knew that, you would run down the aisle and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. If you knew what Jesus could do for you, if you really knew, you wouldn't hesitate for one moment. A young man went swimming in a lake. It was around dusk. Sun was still above the horizon, but it was getting close to dark. All of a sudden, a fog rolled in. This guy was a really good swimmer. Didn't have any problem being out in the lake by himself. But when that fog rolled in, it diffused the light. He couldn't even tell where the sun was setting. And so he would swim off in this direction for a while, but then he would panic and think he was going the wrong way. He was going further from the shore, and he would turn around and go this other way for a while. And this went on for a few minutes, and he was beginning to get concerned because even though he was a good swimmer, he had no idea where he was. Finally, he heard a voice on the shore talking to him, and he knew where he was, and he made for the shore. He was utterly lost until he heard a voice calling from the shore that was able to guide him. Every person without Christ is like that swimmer. You think you know where you are, but you're in a fog. You think you know where you're going, but you're hopelessly lost. I want you to know that Jesus stands on that shore today and He calls to you, Come unto me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Quit trying all the stuff of the world. Quit trying to go your own direction. Quit trying to do this, that, or the other. Listen to my voice and come to me. Do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Notice I didn't ask you if you're a member of Rock Hill Baptist Church. I didn't ask you how many times you'd been dipped in the pond. I didn't ask you anything other than, do you know the voice of Jesus Christ? Does Jesus Christ live in your heart and in your life? If not, today is God's day of salvation. Today is the day that you need to respond. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father.